This week on Surf Charleston, I sat down and chatted with Chad Davis, co-founder of the Carolina Surf Film Festival and the Carolina Surf brand. The Carolina Surf brand was born out of a love for the ocean, and in 2014, they wanted to promote surfing and all things related to the sea, so they embarked on a venture called Carolina Surf Film Festival. It turned out to be an amazing way for the Carolina coastal surf community to come together by simply promoting our local filmmakers. Everyone that came out to the events loved their swag and kept wanting more. So the Carolina Surf brand was born. We are Surf Charleston Podcast. Thanks for joining us this week on Surf Charleston, Not a Pop-Out Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ruffel. And just a little house cleaning here before we jump into the interview with Chad Davis from Carolina Surf Brand. Uh, definitely wanted to plug Ronan Lurkin's documentary about growing up surfing in the Charleston area here again, titled 32, 79, and Thriving. That's coming up on August 4th. And it's going to be at Barnes Barbecue on James Island, which is just off of Folly Road near the Wild Blue Adventure Park. I'm sure you're familiar with that area. Uh, Barnes is located over there. And the uh, fun begins at 6.30. And when it starts to get dark out, that's when they're going to start the movie. Um, And the way to get in, there's no tickets needed. You just Got to donate five bucks to the Warrior Surf Foundation, which is a pretty good thing to do anyway. So for this all to go to that is really awesome of Ronan and his team to kind of put this night together and and uh, should be awesome to support him, support uh, this awesome barbecue joint, and support Warrior Surf Foundation all together one awesome night. So if you're in the area and free, definitely check it out. And the other thing I wanted to make sure to mention again this week is the Wahini Classic is coming up July 31st and August 1st, that weekend, uh, which is an all-women surfing event down there at the Washout. So they're expecting over 100 participants of all ages. So if you're a women's surfer, definitely sign up for this. Um, and if you just want to come out and check it out, you know, obviously they're welcoming spectators to come to the beach and just support everybody and have a fun uh, weekend of supporting women surfing and all that great stuff. And um, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. I'll be out there with my daughter, introducing her to surfing even more and just having her enjoy events like this, which I'm proud to have here in Charleston. It's a great thing. And this year they're actually teaming up with the Surf Rider Foundation. I definitely wanted to mention that if they got to do it last week, but um, they're trying to keep the event zero waste. So they're doing a lot of awesome ways to contribute to that, a lot of education on that, which is important to me. So that's cool to see. And I just want to make sure everybody was up to date on some of those local events coming up here in the upcoming weeks. 
support Ronan, support the classic. And um, here we are, interview with Chad Davis from Carolina Surf Brand. All right, let's jump into it here. I'm here with Chad Davis, co-founder of the Carolina Surf Film Festival and the Carolina Surf Brand, which is a lifestyle company known for unforgettable events like the Carolina Surf Film Festival. And they also produce an awesome line of homegrown styles apparel, plus a ton more that we'll get into here shortly. Hey, bud, how's it going? Thanks for joining us today. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having us on here. Absolutely. It's It's an honor. You guys do some great work over there. And I'm um, excited to chat and kind of learn more about all the things you guys got going on. But um, let me just find out a little bit more about you. And um, so I know you're, uh, give me your background and kind of where you grew up and maybe what some of the things you were interested in when you were young, real young. Like, yeah. sure. Uh, back in the ancient days, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was born right outside of Charlotte uh, in Belmont, North Carolina. Um, up there and I was up there for probably the first couple of years till I was like four years old or something. And then we kind of moved all over Charleston, Kentucky, Tennessee, and my dad's job took us all over the place, you know, but we were always up on the coast for the summertime and everything like that. Um, yeah, I basically like, you know, got into surfing kind of early. Uh, and then it, it was kind of just, you know, uh, a seasonal hobby when I, because my parents moved us to Tennessee and Kentucky when I was probably in middle school and high school. So, I mean, I surfed in the summer times and stuff like that, but not year round. Every once in a while, we'd take a trip, like, you know, outside of the summertime and I would get a little surf in and stuff. But mostly it was just during the summer when probably the worst time to surf on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it always does get a little bit nicer. Wave-wise, it's kind of you're getting into the worst of time outside, actually. So it is kind of interesting how that works out. Obviously, uh, a lot of factors go into that. But so when did you kind of really get a grown passion for it? You know, if you were kind of jumping around so much, when did you always have that itch? Like if you were in Tennessee or just like reading the magazines and watching surf videos and stuff like that? Or is it kind of it grew um, later on in life? No, I mean, I stayed in it the whole time. You know, I was uh, always the kid in Kentucky and Tennessee that was wearing bright Quicksilver neon colored stuff that my mom would get me, you know, and yeah. people were like, definitely like, what is up with this cat? You know, <laughs> uh, and I just made do. Um, after high school, I moved back to Charleston and I uh, went to college at Charleston, both me and my brother. And uh, he had been there for a couple of years at that point. Uh, I'd say that's when, cause I was just going out to Folly like every day. He worked at McEvlin surf shop. So that helped out a lot. You know, I would go out there and hang out in the shop there. Um, yeah, I'd say like, you know, 17, 18 is when I got pretty serious about it. That that's what I, not that I wanted to do, but it was something I knew I wanted to do the rest of my life. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of people get their ties to Charleston by coming down here for college and then just falling in love with it, especially if you get to head out to Folly and start surfing, hanging out in Kevlin's obviously, I'm sure, <laughs> grew that real quick. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, one of the most nostalgic places on the East Coast here for surfing, wow. right up there. So I know you're a busy uh, business owner there, but how often do you let yourself go out these days then? Uh, I try to surf every day, you know, that is the goal, but it just doesn't usually work out as much as I would like, you know, um, I definitely make it a point to get out there as much as possible. Like today, 
you know, I, I kept looking at the forecast and everything. It didn't really show too much from that little yellow blob, but I was able to squeak out like a little two hour session and it was actually pretty fun today. Good. Yeah. I've, I didn't get out there myself. I was busy running around this morning, but I saw some, some people post on Instagram saying it was actually ended up being a pretty fun day. So that's good that you got a few hours out there and had some fun. That's literally what it's all about, especially, uh, you're being the boss you and you kind of want to just do it you go for it right <laughs> yeah and our shop's right on the beach pretty much on carolina beach yeah so a lot of times when i can just jet out there for a, a quick hour session or something you know in between depending on how many people we have working and everything you get yeah. to test out a lot of boards i'm sure right <laughs> that is probably the best part of owning a surf shop and uh you know i've worked in a lot of surf shops i worked at sweetwater surf shop i worked at ocean surf shop and it was, it's always the biggest plus, you know, but I mean, it's just, you know, when I'm putting in big orders of surfboards, I might as well throw another one on for me, you know? <laughs> oh, it'd be kind of, kind of uh, silly not to. I know. I would be stupid not to. In my so, so what, what do you, what do you, do you kind of just do that a lot or do you have a lot in your own actual quiver at home of boards or do you kind of just use that, that little loophole you got there as the business owner to uh, kind of just test them out for a while and then end up selling them off or do you? Do you keep a pretty good quiver of yourself at home? Yeah. It, you know, if something really clicks and everything and it's a unique board, I'll hold on to it. I have a really hard time uh, selling my personal surfboards, <laughs> which is kind of a I mean, pretty much every one that I've ever sold. I've regretted at some point, you know, so I try to hang on to them. But, you know, if I've got something like very similar, like at one point I had a potato nader, a firewire potato nader, and I had a Channel Islands biscuit at the same time. Ooh. I mean, the biscuit one, it yeah. was, I had the biscuit first. So the potato neighbor, I never really gave a super good chance, but I just kept gravitating towards that in my rusty dwarf. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm not riding it, I don't care how awesome of a board it is. It probably should hit the racks, you know, and go for sale. Yeah. I could see how it hard to sell off a board. Every time I even try, I'm like, I debate <laughs> it for six, seven months and then it's like, then I kind of forget about it and then I end up keeping it anyways. It's like, it's such a unique relationship, you know, it's like, Oh, I remember that. Oh man, that was, you know, you just think about the fun times you have. It's like a car or, oh, yeah. or a home or something like that. You have that personal connection to it, just like anything like that, you know? So it is kind of hard to, to sell off for sure. Yeah. And I'm no foster Folsom, but I got a pretty good collection <laughs> of uh, vintage boards. I think. They're actually, yeah. Did you see that? They're going to have an art show downtown charleston and the, part of the art show is he's going to be bringing his boards yeah. did you see anything on that they that just called, really cool. yeah it's going to be a lot of like photographers and then it was said barster Folsom's surfboard collection i'm like i'm in i'm in <laughs> i might have to cruise down for that one yeah, september 4th i'll put <laughs> the information on social media um yeah. it's like border show and all this it sounds like a pretty cool thing but anyway let's get into the, yeah, the film festival and what kind of inspired you to start that and hold, um, um, you know, I was a music supervisor for about 20 years and my specialty was action sports films. So I there was, you go. yeah, I was going to action sports and surf film festivals all over the world, really just for work and stuff. Just like either I was up for an award for best soundtrack or, you know, just sometimes I would just go, even if I didn't have a film in it, I would just go to meet other directors. It was always fun, you know? Absolutely. I went to the one in Florida, the Florida Surf Film Festival put on by John Brooks and Kevin Miller. Yeah, it's a big one, yeah. 2013, I believe. And, uh, ah, man, it was just, it was so much fun. And on the ride home, I was just like, you know what? I was like, 
why am I not doing this in Charleston? I know everybody who's making these surf films, you know, I might as well try to try to bring, and I, I just, I thought it would be a great thing to bring to Charleston with it being such a, we have a rich surf community, but then outside of that, you know, the history, everything about Charleston, just, I mean, it's an amazing place. There's no doubt about it. And I, I kind of felt like the, it was something the surf community needed. You know, we didn't really have any kind of, we had surf contests, but back in the day, you know, used to tour with uh, surf movies, but they, you know, it's kind of a rare thing these days. So I felt like it would be a good thing to give like the filmmakers, the local community and just everything. I just didn't see a negative to it, you know, other than it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of logistics goes into it as far as location, you know, pr- you know, all the equipment that goes into it, uh, the yeah. vendors and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I could definitely see that, but it's definitely a thing of passion. So that usually helps kind of drive you through it. Yeah, definitely. We, and when I, I got back to Charleston, I definitely was able to reach out to my buddy, Bo Edmonds and Chuck Ganey, which are, are two of my other co-founders in the festival. Um, and they were all about it. So we just hit put boots to the floor, you know, and went for it. The first year we started probably uh, like on a February of that 2014. And a lot, I, you know, all three of us were like, I don't know if we can pull this off by the time, you know, October rolls around, but. You know, it, it happened, and we were so stoked on the first year. It was amazing. Was that the yeah. year with the Two Feet and Classy? Yeah, I think that was the year of Two Feet and Classy. I, won I, had, Patrick and, uh, I had Patrick and Chris on the show at different times, and I love those guys. And that movie is – I probably watched it a 100 times, and <laughs> <laughs> that was – he. Uh, how was the response to that movie that you noticed? Oh, man, it was overwhelming. You know, it just had everybody local – you know, from little kids to foster, you know, that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. It spanned the, like everything that's great about Charleston surfing. I felt, you know, without a doubt. Yeah. It's, it's a classic and it, mm-hmm. that's a pretty good way to start off the film festival. Have you found that there's a lot of um, filmmakers kind of in the area that, you know, if you want to keep this going? Oh yeah, for sure. Cool. You know, there's no slowing down. We're definitely, you know, I'm in the works of, of putting it on this year. We're probably not going to do too many one-nighters. I might have a one-nighter coming up about a surfing movie about Cuba where they're like touring the East Coast. And cool. I'm talking to them about possibly doing that, I think, end of August. Um, and these guys have an amazing surf movie. Um, but other than that, we're probably just going to do the two big festivals in Wilmington and Charleston this October. I hadn't really announced it yet. I guess this could be the official announcement. <laughs> Look at us breaking news over here. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have it. This would be the, the first announcement of it, you know. What a better way. Yeah, you know? I appreciate that. So the end of October, you're going to do the one. And did you have um, – you still working out all the details and, like, location and all that stuff for? Yeah, pretty much everything's still all up in the air. <laughs> it's a it's a g- optimistic goal to look in your mind and go, okay, I'm definitely uh, – pencil that time frame because, you know, I'm definitely doing that because I'll – I'll take some time off and just make sure I'm there at all these parts of these uh, different wow. events for that one. So that, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. We got a ton of films built up, you know, since we haven't really yeah. shown anything over the last, we didn't do anything last year at all. I was going to ask you about that, about how the COVID obviously affected it by not allowing you to do it. But I mean, big picture wise, it affected you pretty good, I would assume, right? Yeah. You know, there was just, I mean, there were a lot of people who reached out and they were like, oh, we want to do this. We want to do that. But it was all going to be kind of half ass. And I just, you know, I either wanted to be full throttle or nothing at all. You know what I mean? 
Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's your vision and your passion. So you want to do it the way that you want to do it. You don't want to just milk it out there for no reason. I mean, you might as well do it like you have been in the past. So, you know, and with it being our, in truthfully, you know, it was kind of crazy to, to where like last having last year off from it was almost like a, a you know, a, a blind blessing or something. I don't know. You know, I, I it's seventh year in and just like, not that I didn't want to do it, but the, the time off from it has definitely reinvigorated me for this year, you know? Yeah, of course. It gives you that time to go get you hungry for it again to get build up that passion. And, you know, something goes away for a little bit. You're like, I'm hungry to do it and let's go do this. Let's go do this stronger now. So, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it like regrouping, recharging batteries, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then now this year you can hit the ball, hit the ground running there. Yeah. So let's jump into the rest of um, the surf brand. Where did the closing the clothing line kind of originate from? You know, the first year of the festival, we put our heads together. We came up with the logo, and when we started moving forward with it and everything, just for the festival, you know, we started printing shirts and everything, and the shirts came out so good. And that year, we did a kind of a weird thing where it was a three night festival. The first night was just for sponsors and people who bought the Trident Pass, which was for all three nights, you know. Yeah. And so the first night, I mean, we pretty much sold out of all the T-shirts we'd made. And the second night, we completely sold out of all the T-shirts. So on the third night, we didn't have any less to sell. And I mean, it kind of just put a bug in, our, in us that, you know, it might be something we should pursue, you know. So the first couple of years, it was definitely just kind of a hobby we all kicked around. And then as it went, you know, I was working in this ocean surf shop. So I, Bates was very kind, Bates and Lisa uh, were awesome and let me put some in there on consignment and it started selling really well. So, you know, we determined it was something we should pursue, you know, and see where it could go. And next thing I knew, you know, we were in about, uh, I can't remember, probably like seven to eight surf shops in North and South Carolina. Uh, and that's where I was like, all right, you know, we need to get serious about this. And then it kind of grew into this, you know, I moved up to I, I knew I wanted to open up a shop, but I just didn't know where in Charleston at the time. And my wife is from Wilmington. So we had, we made a conscious decision about three or four years ago that it was time to kind of venture back up to North Carolina, you know, and it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of just happened organically, you know, per the demand, like it might've just been something that was almost like an add on to the festivals. And then you're like, whoa, this demand is exceeding my expectations so you start getting it out there locally by the way i love the logo i love how you guys incorporate it you know pop it in the, the o sometimes like that all that just it's just very very yeah, clean and very, very slick so i like that but uh, you know you kind of grew it organically so that's that's a good way to most successful things happen you don't just force it down people's throats you kind of let it happen yeah organically so that's pretty cool i mean i know you guys um the demand was growing so much you actually opened up your own shop to kind of keep the to kind of be a center place for everything yeah you know we were looking all over i was working at sweetwater surf shop spencer Lim up there at sweetwater was super kind and gave me a job uh i just moved here me my wife and i had just bought a house and i just had the clothing company for revenue and it was doing good but it was it was i'm just always nervous with that you know if uh if something's not really i just i'm I like to have all my bases covered. And so Spencer was really cool. I went in one day. I was like, hey, you looking for work? And they were like, sure. Like, when do you want to start? And I was like, sweet. 
<laughs> yeah, so I started working at Sweetwater. It was super fun. Uh, and I knew that Wrightsville Beach, there was no way. There was so many surf shops on that island. And uh, But I looked at Carolina Beach, you know, and there was only one surf shop there. It was a re- and it's a really good surf shop. They really do a great job. Um, but, you know, I just saw the opportunity. And the boardwalk there is, has traditionally been getting better and better every year. So we were able to open up in a 600-square-foot space on March 13th of last year. <laughs> wow. Yeah, different time to open, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, on that aspect that, it, you know, surfing was something people could do through that whole craziness. You know, they were looking for avenues to be able to just get out and do something by themselves. So did you see mm-hmm. that, you know, with some of the, the checks that everybody was getting and stuff like that, hopefully people were buying surfboards with them and putting the money back into the uh, economy there. But what's what's your overall mission of the brand now that you kind of have, you know, your own shop and a successful, you know, line of clothes there. People love it. And, uh, you know, obviously you're working on the festivals all the time. But what's your overall mission? Like, what are you trying to accomplish, you know, by, you know, where it just keeps growing and growing here? Yeah, I mean, our main mission from the day one, really, even with the festival before we even started the clothing line, was just to bring as much to the Carolinas as possible. Uh, the Carolina surf community and our love for the Carolinas was where it spawned from. You know, that's what, I mean, the trident in our logo is the, uh, the, our love for Poseidon in the ocean, you know, and then the three waves what represented the first, the original three partners. Uh, that's good to know. I didn't see that. I mean, I saw three, but I, I didn't realize there was such significance behind it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, I mean, it's all about just, our love for our state and the people in this state, you know, whether you're from here or not, you know, we still love you for sure. There's a reason why you moved to the Carolinas and we want to kind of try to embody all that's good about the Carolinas. And that's why we really like when I come up with a design, I'm getting a local designer to make it somebody who lives here in my community or in Charleston or in Myrtle beach, Georgetown, Polly's Island, all the way up to the outer banks. You know, I talk to designers all the time that are local all the way through there. Tim, uh, Tim Jump with Secula Surfboards, he actually was one of our first uh, designers that did a bunch of stuff, you know, did like three or four designs. He's the one that came up with that, putting the trident inside the O. That was awesome, man. I like that. That's <laughs> slick. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Chris Kemp did a t-shirt for us. We tried to cherry pick, you know, all the best in Charleston at first because that's where we located. And then since then, we've used people in Myrtle Beach. Al, Al McWhite did a bunch of stuff for us. Kate Baratini did three t-shirts for us, local surfer there in Charleston. Sure, yeah. We surfed Masonboro today, and she had to scoot before I could see her, but that was that would have been awesome. Uh, love, her, love her art. Love Chris Kemp's art. Yeah, they, those oh, are some man. great local guys down here and girls yeah. down here that have some amazing um, abilities that I have no comprehension of. <laughs> I love I everything they do. Yeah, they're really good, man. They're just you know, and that's kind of that, that part right there is what it was all about. You know, it was all about like using our available local resources and just, you know, bringing as much light to the Carolina surf communities that we could. That's awesome. That's exactly what I'm trying to do here. Uh, cool. It's just trying yeah. to get these stories out there, you know, share the love, share the stories, share the experiences that everyone has. Um, and, yeah. you know, East Coast and, and more specifically the Carolinas, we have some great surf communities and some great surf related brands and and people are doing some amazing things just like you guys are doing with the festival and and your shop and 
and everything. So that's why I wanted to talk to you and I appreciate your time. Yeah, you're doing a great job, bro. I appreciate that as well. Um, so how's the how's the shop going? I know you're kind of branching out even more. You're doing, you know, lessons and you guys have, you know, a full full fledged surf shop there. So how's that all going for you? It's going great, man. I couldn't be happier. You know, we opened last year, you know, as I said, March thirteenth. And we were open for two weeks and then we had to shut down. And kind of our saving grace was uh, that we'd been an e-commerce site. You know, we've been an online surf shop for our clothing yeah. for almost four years at that point. You know, so uh, I don't want to say that I enjoyed the two months closed just because there was definitely stress. And I did you know, not knowing when we were going to reopen, uh, I, you know, it was definitely a blow. And we were like a little worried and everything, but you just had to take it as it came last year. And then, but it kind of just all translated over to the website and the website did really well. I did some live shopping stuff from the shop, showing new product like Facebook live, Instagram live. And you just had to use your resources. You know, we were very fortunate to where like when everybody was scrambling to figure out how to do stuff online, it, you know, we didn't have to do anything. Everything was already up and, and running. And did you find the value of social media the help there as far as, like you said, maybe you could do Facebook Live or Instagram Live or whatever it is um, and stuff like that and just really promote it? And if somebody wanted to buy a board that they saw on there, they can maybe just come and you can kind of deliver it to them outside or whatever. You just had to be inventive, right? And you can maybe yeah. – but did you find social media uh, value in that, having that avenue nowadays? Definitely. Definitely. I mean, social media is one of those double-edged swords, you know, where you're just like – I mean, it's a free resource in a way. It is free, but if you don't pay, it doesn't really work business-wise, you know? So we do do some paid advertisements and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's something that I would love to completely do away with because Instagram I'm fine with. Facebook just seems to be a big argument all the time, you know? But, I mean, I love getting into, like, knowing people's birthdays, seeing my friend go on a sick surf trip. There, there's a lot of good things in social media, I feel, that we overlook from day to day. And if there was a way to filter out a lot of the negative, I think it would be awesome. But I guess that's kind of part of everything to where you have highs and lows on, on every aspect. Yeah, and it's just how you look at regular life. You can look at the negative stuff or you could just always be looking at the positive stuff. So if you go on social media, don't look at all the comments for something that you know it's just going to end up being all crazy people just going – down a rabbit hole for no reason. It's just like you said, you just could sit there and look at, oh, there, you know, this somebody I went to high school with that now lives in California. I could see his kids now still, or my great grandmother that I've never even, you know, that doesn't really live close can see my kids and stuff like that. So there's a value to it, just how you perceive and how you utilize it yourself. So as a yeah. business, I mean, you can always find ways to put stuff out there and let people know about what you guys are doing without having to, you know, people spew nonsense for no reason. So. It's just all yeah. how you perceive it, just like anything else in life. I think the surf's the same way. Yeah, you're right. Everything that you, you know, your outlook on everything, you know, you can't be like over the top positive on everything. You have to look at the, the, the negatives there are, but you don't have to dwell on them, you know? And then like, I, I you know, I always see people, God, this surf sucks in Charleston and the God, this, it sucks in Wilmington. I mean, dude, you, did you just paddle out on a surf day? You know, you just went out and caught a couple of waves. It might not have been pipeline or a classic point break. But I mean, you know, the waves are what you make of it. You know, I mean, I just went out and long, I shouldn't have longboarded. I should have had a shortboard today. But I had a, some fun waves for sure. You know, and 
if 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 you if you dwell on like how choppy it is or like how we're lacking swell, then you know you're gonna hate surfing. But if you go out there and you make the best of it, and I feel like you're always better paddling out, no matter the conditions, unless it's like super dangerous, you know. If it's yeah. really dangerous, stay on shore, you know. Unless you're like pro athlete, Glenn Tanner, the legends, you know, some of the rippers, the the maybe the Thomas brothers, they can handle pretty much anything. And uh, yeah. I mean, just having a positive outlook on surfing is the best thing you can do for your life, in my opinion. Yeah, it's all about perspective. It's sometimes looking at the forecast is even pointless. It's just, hey, I got this avenue free. I mean, this uh, morning free, this afternoon free. I'm just going to go out there. Maybe you just have to throw two, di- two or three different boards in the in the truck or the car. But um, when you get out there and see what's going on, you just grab the right board and, and just head out, paddle out, and have some fun. And yeah, usually no. you're... Uh, you're going to come out of the water feeling a lot better than going, Oh, I was expecting overheads and, you know, it was, you know, waist high and choppy. But if you went out there with fun expectations, you're probably going to end up leaving the water with fun. Yeah. You'll be able to sleep better. <laughs> it's usually works good for me, but I wanted to actually ask you a question about something pretty cool that I noticed you guys got into. You have a little bit of a relationship with a local brewery there, the Wilmington brewery company. Yeah. And you guys did a IPA. How'd that come about? Um, basically, my my new partner Brian Brook, uh, that owns a design firm up here, he has been really good friends with the owners uh, of that brewery for a long time. And uh, basically, they've been talking back and forth, um, and just getting everything. John and Michelle Seward are the owners over there at uh, Wilmington Brewery. Super nice people. John's a lifelong surfer. He used to work at Surf City Surf Shop on Wrightsville Beach. So he has the surf community. And, I mean, they are, their brewery just makes the best beer. So we were always talking about a collab back and forth, you know. And then finally we got serious about it. And we were going through all of our designs. We went through tons of names to do it. And, you know, we would research it. And, oh, somebody's already done that name for a beer, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, we came on Diver Dog IPA. And I mean, that had been one of our designs. That's one of our best-selling designs. So that was a no-brainer for us. And they loved it too. So it kind of just came about like real quick. And then they had a vat that was opening up and they wanted to do like a hazy IPA that was pretty strong. I think it was 8.5%. Nice. (laughs) I I know. I could drink like one. And when we went to the canning, it was like at 10 o'clock in the morning and I showed up. I hadn't eaten a thing, and oh, thankfully boy. there was a McDonald's right across the street, and I went and got two cheeseburgers because there was no way I was going to be able to handle 8.5% beer on an empty stomach because I'm not a big breakfast guy. I usually no. like have a little bit to eat, go surfing, and but that time I was like, no way. I will be totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So is that like a limited run, or is that something I can get my hands on uh, still? Yeah, I don't. I think it's completely sold out at this point. I think it sold out in the first two weeks. Yeah, we had a couple six packs or four packs. I think they did uh, of the Tall Boys floating around at some of the local bottle shops up here. I don't think it ever made it down to Charleston. Or did you see it anywhere? I did not. I just saw it on your you know, your website and stuff. I think I yeah. seen it in social media, and I was like, intrigued by it. But I've never ever got a, my hands on one. But it was definitely <laughs> something that looks cool, like especially now. <laughs> 8.5, that sounds, yeah, I'll have one of those. I'll be uh, passed out in the corner there. I know. I'm not it much was of a drinker, good. but I do try to some of the local breweries here just for the fun of it. 
Oh, yeah. There's so many good ones. Charleston, all over the place now. The Grand Strand Brewing in Myrtle Beach. That seems to be, you know, definitely one of the booming industries that America's found. Yeah. And they all end up being successful. I mean, they keep popping up and you're like, how can another one pop up? And, and then they're doing awesome. So, you know, the demand of it. I think the interesting thing about it, it's people like to keep trying the new thing. So that's why they're all put, they always have to keep putting out new ones and, and no yeah. one wants to have like drink just a Bud Light or, or, uh, or whatever anymore. You know, you got to keep drinking the different ones. So I think that in itself is what makes it successful. It's just a uh, variety. So wow. it's pretty interesting. On the artwork. The artwork yeah. for me, that's kind of how I pick out my beers, really. I yeah. look at the artwork, and then I look at what the beer is. And as long as it's not like – I don't really like wheat beers. I'm good with sours, but I don't do too many. I could drink like one sour. Um, stouts, I really don't – IPA is what I gravitate towards for sure because I love the citrusy taste. Uh, maybe a fruit beer here and there, but not too many. I'm pretty much like, if I see something with like a surfboard on it or something like that, I'm usually like, I'll get that one. I don't even know what kind of beer it is. Usually I'll just end up getting something like with, like you said, with a cool art on it or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the stuff Chris Kemp does for uh, Revelry is so exactly. good. Yeah. Yeah. He's everywhere. So how are the, uh, how the surf lessons going? How's that been successful for you? Yeah, they've been going really good. You know, this is our first year and we only have one instructor, my good friend, Lynn Sig Carrick. He's been a lifelong friend of my family's for like 30, the past 30 years. We met in Charleston when I moved back there for college. And I mean, we were, we've lived together on both coasts. We, we've shared a, a place in California for a long time in Carolina beach for a long time. When I first moved back from Charleston, he's just been like one of my best friends for, since I can remember, you know? So when it came time that we'd been open for a year, we didn't do surf lessons for the first year just cause we had the little shop. But now we're in a 2,400 square foot space. And I was, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was like, are you ready to do it this year? And he was like, sure. He took all the last year off completely. He's been teaching surf lessons for probably six years. And so he took last year off just because he didn't, you know, the one-on-one -on -one contact for him just wasn't worth it. And that close, even though it's outdoors, he just didn't feel comfortable. So this year he felt comfortable and I was like, all right, let's do it, you know. So it's been going great. You know, we have pretty full classes almost every day and just, you know, moving right along. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Cool. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good that you're branching out and branching out more. It's a sign of success. So that's, it's awesome to see. Um, you guys are doing some awesome work there. I'm right. excited. I know you gave us a little bit of, of the, the future of the festivals, but if you want to devil into that anymore, I would definitely love to hear more about, you know, all that coming back. And I think it's, I think I'm pretty, you know, it's, you guys, you got your hands full. That's for sure. <laughs> it feels like I always have my hands full. I always a joke, joke with uh, Dave Lorenz that owns uh Mex one there in Charleston. Yeah. And I'm always like, Dave, when are we going to get to clock out? You know? And he just tells me, he's like, Chad, you never clock out. When you own your own business, you're on 24, seven, 365, you know? And he, it, I mean, it is completely true. As much as I would love to, and I do take like a week and go to Outer Banks with the wife and the dogs. Uh, I've got a, hopefully a trip scheduled for Fiji and Mexico next year when it slows down the surf shop a little bit. So you got to take care of yourself, but you're also, you got to put 200% into everything. I feel, you know, especially when you're the boss. That's how you become successful. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> otherwise i'm just gonna be in the tired old moon <laughs> at least you get to surf every day with a brand new board so 
could be worse ways to spend your you know your days you're right about that man you know a good surfboard i mean like uh, that that classic meme works you know you can't buy happiness but you can buy a board (laughs) i mean that makes me happy i don't know what to tell people you know it definitely does so where um where can people find you guys online so you can kind of you know, maybe they're in the Charleston area. They're now able to get to the shop there. What's the best yeah. way for people to support you and find you and, and that kind of stuff? I mean, our website's carolinasurfbrand.com. Uh, our, let's see, what is our social media on Facebook? I think you just put in Carolina Surf Brand and it should pop up. And our Instagram is at caro, C-A-R-O underscore S-U-R-F underscore brand, caro surf brand. Yeah. And I know you do have that newsletter on the uh, the website. Is that the best place to find it about? Like when you start announcing the uh, festival and kind of just really getting uh, on the up-to-date yeah. information or social media is probably better these days? Yeah, social media is probably a little bit more up-to-date, you know, just the websites. We use it more for e-commerce. Sure. Um, we have been Slack on the blog probably. I can't remember the last time we wrote <laughs> one. But uh you know, then the surf shop, we, we, we employ a guy named Sharky, who's a local photographer here. He helps us out a ton. Andrew Law is a filmmaker that works for us, too, in the shop. And he's done, like, a couple trim craft videos. So we're hoping to get him up and both of them, you know, involved in the festival and, and helping me just get all that stuff wrangled up. Um, you know, and I, I really got to thank a lot of people, man. I got to thank my family, my wife, my dogs for the stress relief. Bates and Lisa, you know, at Sur- Ocean Surf Shop, everybody within the Charleston surf community, you know, Kate Berrettini, she won the Carolina Surf Filmmaker Award one year. Uh, Megan Coker, I could go forever, you know, even up here, Sweetwater Surf Shop, Char- Chuck, uh, the owner, is an amazing person. Spencer Lim that runs that place is phenomenal. You know, even other surf shops in the area, the guys from Aussie Island, Parrot Surf Shop, McEvelyn Surf Shop, I've known Tim. I don't even know how long, man. I mean, there was a couple of times when my brother lived there where his dad, old Mr. Mac, would come in and, and have me working in something. And Tim would be like, what are you doing? He doesn't work here, dad. <laughs> you know, his brother works here. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know, I don't, Mr. Mac, that guy. I mean, if there was a legend of, of Folly Beach, that's absolutely. the guy. Yeah, he absolutely. Was unbelievable. I would ride around in his Ford Astro van or Chevy Astro van and he oh my gosh dude that thing he would stop it just by throwing it in park <laughs> <laughs> that sounds safe yeah and his surf reports if you ever heard one of his telephone surf reports they still have them yeah yeah it was so his were the, legendary the phone reports would, yeah he had a great voice for it you know and just like just he'd call it you know six feet and glassy you know come on out to the beach and buy something uh the memories of charleston for me that's really what it's all about. You know, I mean, the memories of, of the enforcers, even like Scott Hansky, Mikey Rawlings, uh, John boy, you know, all the original guys that I was scared to death of for the most part, you know, <laughs> and nobody surfed the washout. When I, when I was growing up, you didn't surf the washout unless you could surf. If you didn't, you went someplace else, you know, and that's how it should be today. And that would do away with a lot of conflicts, you know, because everybody just goes straight to the washout and, I mean, that's kind of the premier wave. You know, you don't, I'm not going to take my 1994 Chevy Astro and try to run Le Mans, you know, because there's no reason. I really feel like that would alleviate a lot of the problems we have today. And as far as overcrowding and stuff like that. 
yeah, that's, go on no, you're good. I mean, that's that's what this is here for. You know, it's a cool. voice for the people. But um, yeah. I mean, that's one of the first things I ever did with this podcast was just talk about etiquette and trying to put some of that education out there because it's not all about jumping into it day one and being, you know, just because you bought a you know a soft top from wherever. You know, you think you could go out there and surf now. It's like you got to ease your way into it just like anything else but some people yeah. just want to be a surfer and they hear wash out wash out the pier or whatever and they just want to go out there without any understanding at all how it all works and and etiquette so that you know it's a big thing in the surf community and um you know it's it's something that should be learned a little bit more but it's hard to hard to control sometimes nowadays like yeah. you're saying bill and betty sue from uh the original ocean sports owners man those two guys that him and his wife betty sue I mean, they pretty much saved Charles or Charleston surfing back in the eighties when, cause Folly beach was going to outlaw it. And them and Mr. Mack and Tim all got together and went to the city and were like, you cannot do that. You know, this is a recreational sport. You know, this just, it'll be a travesty if you guys do that. And they really saved it for the sport, for the area of Charleston big time. Uh, we wouldn't be here talking about Charleston surfing on this podcast, you know? So there's a lot of pioneers in that area that deserve a lot of credit for everything. And it is kind of, I've talked to Foster about it, but it is in, in my wheelhouse, hopefully one day to do the Carolina surf museum to where it like spotlights people like that, people who achieved, you know, just helped us turn it into what it is today, whether it's good or bad, you know, there's going to be good or bad of everything, but there's a lot of people in all of our communities in the Carolinas that has helped along surfing and made, you know, made it possible to be a thriving sport in our areas, you know? I mean, for me to have this clothing company, I, I probably wouldn't have it if Char if surfing wasn't as big as it is in, in the Carolinas. Without a doubt. It is yeah. definitely, there's so much history. There's so many people that mm -hmm. did so much for this community that, you know, that story needs to be out there more. And that was up there on the top list of talking to Foster and, and all these type of guys like that is why I'm doing this podcast to get those words out there. So for you to sit here and tell me some of this stuff too. Um, is 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 awesome. So I appreciate that, and yeah, uh, maybe we should do a whole history historic podcast with you one time. Just kind of getting some more of this information out there. That would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love that, dude. You know, I mean, it's like Wrightsville Beach is actually possibly where the first surf contest on the mainland USA ever occurred. Um, that's a mind blowing fact for me. Yeah, to know some guy went to Hawaii, saw a surfboard, brought it back in like 1912 or brought back plans, built a surfboard and held a surf contest. You know, I mean, that's insane. And yeah, right beach, North Carolina, when it was probably just a bunch of horses out there. Heading <laughs> <laughs> up to the beach uh, with your horse and your 11 foot longboard. Cause that's what they used back then. And yeah, and just, <laughs> just started a contest. That's, that's history for you. I, you know? Yeah, it really is, man. I, I think that's stuff we have to remember, you know, I mean, uh, you know, let's take down these statues that offend people and put up one of Duke Kahanamuku or, of, you know, Foster Folsom. Those are <laughs> two I would vote for. I mean, they're definitely better than what we got up now. So you got my vote for sure. <laughs> I'm not running for office. No way. <laughs> Duke was a legend. He was, man. I worked at Duke's Malibu out in California, man, and it was it was really awesome. I got to work with one of his great great granddaughters, I think. She was a hostess. And I mean, it's just just to look at those surfboards. They had so many classic surfboards in there, uh, hanging up on the wall. 
And that's when I first moved to California and it was just mesmerizing for me because Bill, Bill Perry that owned Ocean Surf Shop at the time sold me my first vintage surfboard for $35. Wow. And um, that started my curse of, of what <laughs> I own today. <laughs> and then Foster makes me look like an amateur. His collection is probably, it's the best collection I've ever seen in the Carolinas for sure. Without it being in like a restaurant or a taco shop in California. I mean, it's all in his house and it's mind blowing. The the and I'm really stoked that Tim McManus is doing that with the the art show because I mean that is full on functional art in my opinion you know you look at all and that's why it really got is especially Charleston you're always a history buff if you're not you, you know you're missing out on a lot of Charleston and surf history is no different you know yeah I got Farce's book I mean I I watched Two Feet and Classy about like a million times um, and I try to absorb all the content of this history that I can. So, you know, stuff like this, being able to go see his boards at this art show and stuff like that, it's, I take it all in. And I, hopefully I could help put some of it out there, too, by having this podcast with people like you and, and all these guys down here, down the line. So the sky's the limit for that wow. uh, as far as getting getting this message out there. But the other things like the film festival, you know, if somebody would make more films like this, too, um, you know, there's definitely a demand for this content. So it's pretty cool. Um, and it's passionate, you know, to hear that you're passionate about it, it's getting me even more passionate. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Because I mean, you're you're pretty much doing the new form of surf journalism for the most part, outside of like Stab Premium, uh, Surface Journal. You know, New York Times did a really good job of starting in on the podcast early, and you can see where they've definitely thrived through. You know, newspapers pretty much going extinct. So I, I appreciate. I definitely thank you a lot for starting this up, man. I wanted to start a podcast, but I just could not wrap my head around having the time to do it. <laughs> it's not as bad as it, as you would think. You know, it's all yeah. it's all relative, especially when you're passionate. But you know, it's 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 a it's a cool thing. You know, there's a lot uh, advantages to it. You know, because nowadays with technology, some of these newer cars, the smart. Uh, technology in them i'm kind of rambling here but you know that dashboard that they have in these newer things you could just get the ipad uh the podcast right there it's like radio nowadays so oh, yeah. you, the, the accessibility is what i guess i was ultimately getting at is just growing and growing in more and more um easy you know obviously everyone has a phone with them just about 24 7 mm-hmm. um, and they're looking for content and you know it's uh, it's free so it's out there and it's you know it's custom made you know you can pick i like surfing i like Charleston, I like South Carolina surfing, and you can find something that's specifically made for you. So it's yeah, it's just yeah. growing and growing, and it's it's you know there's it's a demand for it too. So it's it's a pretty cool way to to express some of these um, things that we're talking about here today. Yeah, I'm a huge I, I'm so addicted to Joe Rogan's podcast. Good and bad. I don't really listen to MMA ones. They're pretty good, but they just talk about training and stuff. But the comedian ones he have on there, and then he also has some really good scientists. And everything. I, I mean, it's it's really a great way to kind of put on a TV show in a way that without the TV part, you know, just interviews. They're amazing, you know. So I, yeah. I appreciate you doing this podcast for sure. Charleston, this is something they definitely need, you know, for the whole East Coast, for the whole world, really. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to just be from here to enjoy this because I listen to most of the other surfing podcasts and they're all based off of the West Coast kind of vibes and stuff like that which is great but i always was wondering why don't we have something for the east coast and more specifically for for us here like just like the film festival like you want it 
you want to feel that sense of connection to it. Um, and it just makes you enjoy it even that much more. So yeah. that's kind of where I came out from it. And then you know, like just right. talking to everybody, every time I talk to someone, they're like, you got to talk to this person next. And, and, and I just never see like any of these stories running out. So I'm excited for the future, but uh, you know, we'll definitely have to have you back on and kind of get into more history and, and stuff like that here pretty soon. So I appreciate your time. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to plug out there before, before we call it a day? I mean, really like, you know, my family, my dad, he's 84. He's been my biggest supporter of all time. He's my first and foremost thankful, you know, behind that it's my wife and my dogs and my, my brother and his wife, Lucy, my nephew, Huntley, Bo Edmonds, Chuck Ganey. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this without those two cats. You know, we all kind of got together for the festival and then ran with it from there. You know, those two guys are definitely dear to my heart. All my friends in Charleston, you know, I mean, it's, we used to go out to eat and my wife would be like, you know, can we please go? It would be just nice to have one night where you don't know everybody in the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Charleston, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's Wilmington, you know, like it's kind of the same way with her here. This is her hometown. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. Just It's kind of know, part of it's allure though too. You know, it's, yeah, it, it could be a little time consuming sometimes, but yeah. knowing everybody and knowing everybody. Uh, knowing you, it's it's a pretty cool feeling. You know, it's not fun being just lost in a big city sometimes. Sometimes it's nice to have that sense of community, you know, paddling out and you probably know everybody <laughs> out there and you and that's where the you know, where this all stems from. So I, I love appreciate it. you, man. I mean, I love uh, you know, Charleston community is a I, I gotta say thank you to those people, you know, for everybody from every surf shop has always shown me love, you know. I mean, it's, it's an amazing community, you know, people come and people go and within it, I came and went within that community. Now I'm, I'm trying to be a bigger part of this community up here. And I mean, it's just, it's a really fun thing, you know, but I give out thanks because to everybody, you know, listening who knows about Carolina surf brand, or even if you don't, everybody in the outer banks that have been huge supporters of us, Logan Marshall, you know, he's helped me out a ton. He's a surf filmmaker from Manio right outside of the outer, in the outer banks, but in the interior. And uh, I don't, I don't know. You know, I feel like I could thank people for the next hour on here. <laughs> I like keep thinking of people. You know, it's just endless. You know, it's just like I don't know. It makes my heart really full, and I really like. I get on the border of crying about it sometimes, just because it's so such a big part of my life, and it's just I don't know. It's mind blowing for me that something like this can actually happen. And without a doubt, uh, yeah, for me to have in the, I mean, this is the happiest time of my life, really. That's so yeah. awesome to hear. And it's all because of, or a big surfing. part of it's because of surfing. And that's what it's yeah. all, you know. And a big part of Charleston, a big part of Wilmington, a big part of Myrtle Beach, Phil Jackson down there just opened a new surf, yeah. surf shop, good vibe surf good shop. Vibes, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, and it's great because that just builds the community, you know, another surf shop. You know, other shop owners might not like seeing it or might be worried about it, but that dude's passionate though. I see him on Instagram yeah. um, and his Instagram handle is probably the best one, the belly Slater there, but yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he, you could tell that dude's passionate. I mean, I know you guys are buddies, but you could speak yeah. to him better than me, but he's, he is, he is surfing, man. That guy loves yeah. surfing. He does. And there's so many other people, you know, there's Charles that owns uh surf city there in Myrtle beach, Kelly and Brian at, at village. I mean, unbelievable, you know, the, with like, they do get waves, you know, they they definitely have their days and everything, but it's, it's a little bit more shallow there. So, I mean, for them to have that kind of passion with, 
you know, within Myrtle Beach. I mean, they have a great, um, unbelievable surf community there. Even Polly's Island has a great one, even sure. though I don't think there's any parking on Polly's Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then up here, then you got surf shops. You got Chuck Bourgeois, Ben Bourgeois' dad, and Ben Bourgeois is probably the nicest person on the face of the earth that rips harder than anybody I know. And he's, he's the nicest guy, and he like. I mean, I asked him the other day when the, uh, what was it, the Andy Irons movie came out, or it was another, I can't, oh, the Hobgood film. When we brought it to Wilmington and Charleston, I saw him right before, and I was like, when's the Ben Bourgeois movie coming out? And he was like, never. <laughs> he was like, you know, I, that's, I mean, that's just the farthest thing from his mind is to promote himself, even though he's this amazing figure within North Carolina surfing. Uh, just a, I mean, it goes beyond, you know, Mike Barden at Surf City, you know, Scott Busby up at Natural Art Surf Shop. There's, I mean, the surf communities, that, those are the guys who, who pretty much are fostering it, I feel. You know, they're the ones for, for giving you the access to the goods that, you know, most people don't even know about. Like where before Christensen Surfboards, you know, got into Parrot Surf Shop, I didn't know too many people who knew about him. But now he's like one of the top tier surfboards in the world. Ah, it's just, you know, the people within our communities definitely shape where we're going both mentally, physically, and pretty much everything. You Without know? a and doubt, you're, yeah. You're mentally shaping people with this podcast, you know? And it just, it really makes my heart full. I'm kind of another rant on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. appreciate your passion. I, got, I mean, that's what my it main, Yeah, my main partner, Brian Bruick, is I got to throw a shout out to him and my, my brother, Topher Davis. You know, I had to actually... A surgery I had to do last July that uh, was very unexpected. I had my gallbladder taken out. And so I was in the hospital for a week and then I was down for probably like a month. And he helped, you know, if I hadn't been for my brother, I, the surf shop probably wouldn't still be here because I don't know how it would have ran for almost a month and a half that I was out, you know. Uh, family's everything, you know, of course. whether it be family, whether it be genetic, you know, blood family, it, it goes all the way across the board. Without a doubt. That's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate your passion. I appreciate your time. I'll yeah. definitely have to have you back on. We'll do a historic podcast sooner than later. I, I'd um, love it. For but sure. um, keep up all the great work. Definitely check out the website, Carolina Surf Brand, and uh, support him because obviously you can hear this man's passionate about surfing. He spends his life with it. He puts out some awesome content with the video festival, the film festival, and the clothing lines, everything there, I pretty much want to own. And, uh, you know, with the surf shop and everything you guys got going on there, uh, just, you know, keep up all the awesome work and I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. And everybody out there, just keep supporting your local surf shop and local shaper. Both. Definitely. That's a big yeah. one. Yes, sir. And your local podcast. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Appreciate it. And uh, you have a good one, man. Catch some waves too, for me. Man. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Big thank you goes out to Chad Davis of the Carolina Surf Brand. The Carolina Surf Brand is a lifestyle company known for unforgettable events like the Carolina Surf Film Festival and has an awesome line of homegrown stylish apparel. You can stop by their shop in Carolina Beach if you're up in North Carolina or always check them out online at carolinasurfbrand.com. Also, we please ask you to take a moment if you can support Surf Charleston, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.
We are Surf Charleston, not a pop-out podcast. Until next week, keep the stoke alive. We are Surf Charleston Podcast. Podcast.